0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from the front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hi everybody and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast, episode 13.
1: Isn't 13 supposed to be like bad luck or something?
0: Well, I don't know, we'll see when we look at the ratings. Incidentally, talking about ratings, we've got loads of really good... uh, ratings coming on you know loads of loads of views lots of different parts of the world we've got russia germany i mean there's just so kong many kong now is hong new. kong yeah, yeah we we did have some in hong kong before but we got new areas of hong kong now central right. district i think something like that we we've got now places like that
1: i don't have a clue where the central district it's Distri- probably in the middle di- Shh. <laughs> i don't even have a clue where the central district is in hong kong But there you go.
0: It's probably in the middle.
1: Yeah, minus (laughs) in my stuttering. (laughs)
0: That's all right. Anyway, listen, thank you very much for joining us again, guys. Really do appreciate it. A little bit out of the norm today, actually. We're going to go a little bit off-piste, as you would say. And we're going to start discussing things that are weird medical stuff that used to go on in the olden days.
1: Well, not only that, but like weird facts of your body. and
0: Yeah, yeah, weird, weird shit to do with your body and with health and that sort of stuff you so could
1: probably talk all about weird shit couldn't you
0: yeah well you're married to you
1: ha! Ah, nice fucker <laughs> <laughs> what sort of prompted us to do this show actually uh the inspiration comes from a book that i've read ages ago called the tale of the dueling neurosurgeons and it's by sam Keane. that's k-e-a-n If you've never heard of the book, you really ought to look it up, and if stuff about the human body interests you, then it really is an amazing read. I
0: remember when you were reading it, actually, just waking me up in the middle of the night giggling at some of the things that were just absurd that you found in there.
1: Yeah, check it out. I mean, there's loads of different ways way back that doctors or people could check to see if someone was dead or not,
0: right? Mm -hmm.
1: I can't remember the whole long list, but the one thing I do remember is blowing smoke up someone's ass. Is to that find where the out. saying comes from? Well, yeah. I mean, I—that's I, what I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take any descriptions from the actual book because I don't want to really ruin it for anybody that does want to read it. Okay. So I did check a few other things, and I now have a little synopsis of that whole scenario. Back in the late 1700s, doctors literally blew smoke up person's rectum. Believe it or not, it was a general mainstream medical procedure used to, among many other things, resuscitate people who were otherwise presumed dead. In fact, it was such a commonly used resuscitation method for drowning victims particularly that the equipment used in this procedure was hung alongside certain major waterways, such as along the River Thames. No way, the River Thames. Yep. People frequenting waterways were expected to know the location of this equipment, similarly Similar to modern times concerning the location of defibrillators, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't that crazy? Smoke was blown up the rectum by inserting a tube. This tube was connected to a fumigator and a bellows. Bellows,
0: they <laughs> <laughs> just not like inflating How them. Use
1: fire? Is that? Is yeah, that what that's fire it, bellows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I reckon yeah. They, in Scotland they they probably use bagpipes.
1: Ah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Uh, this tube was connected to a fumigator and a bellows which when compressed forced smoke into the rectum sometimes a more direct route to the lungs was taken by forcing the smoke into the nose and mouth but most physicians felt the rectal method was more effective the nicotine in the tobacco was thought to stimulate the heart to beat stronger and faster thus encouraging respiration so it was
0: actually tobacco that they were the, uh, the smoke from tobacco they were using then if there was nicotine in it
1: unbelievable the smoke was also thought to warm the victim and dry out the person's insides removing excessive moisture okay then there there you go blowing smoke up your ass really was a thing I wasn't lying
0: why so so it wasn't a, to see if you were dead it was to see it was to resuscitate you is to bring you back from being dead
1: yes the the I guess um they maybe didn't think of the heart doing you know like you do cpr now you breathe into someone's mouth and do chest compressions they just stuck a thing up your ass and if if that didn't wake you up i guess they figured well they must really be dead (laughs) well first
0: aid these days they don't even teach you to do the rescue breaths anymore it's just chest compressions because if you're doing the chest compressions right you're actually affecting the lungs anyway and you and the action of that would cause a form of breathing anyway so they don't actually teach on modern-day first aid. They don't teach rescue breaths anymore.
1: Well, then I am so out of date because I didn't know that.
0: For people who don't know Bella, by the way, she actually does come from a medical background. She was a, a nurse back in America. So a lot of what she's saying, she uh, has had first-hand uh, knowledge of, haven't you?
1: Mm, yeah, but like I said...
0: Not the smoke up the ass though.
1: Yes, don't don't rely on me to resuscitate you because... I'd probably blow smoke up your ass. (laughs) I
0: I wonder what smoke they. I mean, would you use Marlboro or was there like a was there a certain best brand? I wonder for this.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but Marlboro
0: tastes like shit anyway.
1: But the Indians were the ones I think to initially Native American Indians to start this. Don't start on them again. So yeah, oh come on, I have to mention it. Hopefully, it wasn't parody smoke. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> You'd wake up and be like, "Ha oh, ha, oh, I'm floating like a balloon." I wouldn't want to be around when all of the smoke had to come back out, because obviously it ain't gonna stay inside the body, is it? So, what
0: what were you gonna say about the Native Americans anyway? Was it something to do with the peace pipe?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah.
0: It? Just, just, just shove that peace pipe up his ass. <laughs> oh, oh lord, you just pass okay. it pass it around, then around the fireplace. This this pipe tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like shit. Oh, yeah, that was young Billy Bob fell in the pond. (laughs) (laughs) Fell in the creek.
1: No, it was little big ass.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, little big ass (laughs) fell in the pond. Uh, Anyway, we try and do something serious (laughs) and it never works out, does it? No. Our our son actually gave us this. He said that Hippocrates, the famous Greek physician, is credited with the theory of four humours. Of the human body. Phlegm, black bile, yellow bile, and blood. It was believed that an imbalance of these four was caused by disparity in age, emotion, behaviour, and physical qualities. So, those four things then, so phlegm, we know what phlegm is, obviously. Gross. Yellow bile, I presume... Pus. uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I presume that's probably pus, isn't it? Or,
1: Or, well, it could be that, or it could actually be, you know, you do have...
0: Yellow bile. Yellow bile. So what about mm-hmm. black bile then? Would that Because when things go gangrene, they go black, don't they? Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I think if you got the black one, you're rotten. Yeah,
0: okay. So that I'm just saying, black bile probably wasn't bile. It was probably gangrene stuff, was it? And then obviously blood, we know what that is. Yeah. So doctors didn't know germs actually cause disease until the middle of the 19th century. And so they blamed a miasma, which is a bad smell. P U. This meant that doctors often wore masks which resembled birds with elongated beaks, usually filled with herbs to negate any such bad smells to ensure that they were not infected as well.
1: So that's like, that's where the why the doctors during the plague they're they that thing long on their beak type. And
0: that's why they still today call doctors quacks because they used but to like resemble do- yeah. duck called birds. It's quite funny because we've often said about Smells and all that sort of stuff. And I often wondered whether if you smell someone's fart, then technically, I guess you're breathing in the germs from their ass that are smelling. Okay. It's true, isn't it?
1: I'll, I'll, if you smell I'll... someone's
0: fart, then that smell must have been inside their ass. You're actually breathing their ass gas into you and all of the germs that I guess were contained in their arse.
1: Okay, this brings me to something that I'm very interested in. I, I can't do it myself because I just can't. But I want to know, in the cold, when you're breathing in and out of your mouth and you can see your breath, uh-huh. I want to know if, when it's really cold and somebody farts, can you see a little...
0: We'll try that over the next yeah. couple of days, because <laughs> apparently we got, we got a really cold snap coming, so we'll find out.
1: I got in from work the other day and I said to Bryce, first thing, I, I opened the door with my key and I'm like, Bryce! And he was like, what? And I said, do you think you can see your farts when you fart in the cold, like you can see your breath?
0: He's like, hi, mum.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was like, I don't know. So, yeah, we'll have to test it. You know, medicinal purposes, we'll just have to see what happens. I
0: think we should. Okay. So, this whole thing about germs, moving back onto germs, I hate, with a passion, flies. I can't fucking stand flies. And I go nuts, don't I? Every time there's a fly in the house, I get out our exterminator thing, our executioner racket, and just take them apart. So, I just want to point out that I've often said one of the reasons why I don't like flies is because they flap their
1: wings how many times a second? I don't know, but I know they're Lots little maggot machines. That's what lit- my mom used to call them. Well,
0: it's worse than that because what I was saying is they flap their wings, goodness knows how many times a second, they're covered in germs, and they're just spraying those germs all over the place as they're flying through the house. Now, today on the BBC News... There is a report that says, and I quote, "...scientists have discovered that flies carry more diseases than suspected. The housefly and the blowfly together harbour more than 600 different bacteria, according to DNA analysis. Many are linked with human infections, including stomach bugs, blood poisoning and pneumonia." Flies can spread bacteria from place to place on their legs, feet and wings, experiments show. In fact, every step taken by a fly can transfer live bacteria, researchers said. People had some notion that there were pathogens that were carried by flies, but had no idea to the extent at which this is true and the extent to which they're transferred, Professor Donald Bryant of Penn State University and co-researcher on the study told BBC News. DNA sequencing techniques were used to study the collection of microbes found in and on the bodies of the housefly and blowfly. The housefly, which is ubiquitous around the world, was found to harbour 351 types of bacteria. The blowfly, which is found in warmer climates, carried 316. A large number of these bacteria are carried by both types of fly. The researchers who published their study in the Journal of Scientific Reports says flies may have been overlooked by public health officials as a source of disease outbreaks. We believe that this may show a mechanism for pathogen transmission that has been overlooked by public health officials and flies may contribute to the rapid transmission of pathogens in outbreak situations it will make you think twice about eating that potato salad that's been sitting out at your next picnic he added yeah
1: i was seriously no picnic for us even if i was like whatever i've lived you know all of my 46 years without Am I 46 or am I 47?
0: Fuck knows. It doesn't matter when we get your age. That's
1: pretty bad, isn't it? Even if I chose to ignore it and still go on a picnic, now you have your perfect out for it, don't you? Mm -hmm. I'm not taking you on a picnic. What if there's a fly?
0: Well, look, I'm not going to be like that, but at the end of the day, it's like I said to you, I don't want them in my house. If a fly is in my house and it's buzzing around, it's going to it's gonna need smoke up its ass pretty soon. Okay,
1: okay. But then you have to ask yourself how many germs there are all over the house.
0: Yeah, but you keep it clean, don't you? The place is pretty tidy. I mean, it's not got, you know, the same amount of germs as a fly going through, is it? I mean, that's a well, bit well I don't
1: know, but that will be a podcast for another day.
0: Okay, so moving on. What else have you got?
1: While you were looking at story type situations or whatever, I was looking at just facts about the human body. Okay. Did you know that a red blood cell can navigate through your body in under 20 seconds? Why? Oh, that was pretty good. And I
0: suppose if you run in... Even faster.
1: I guess so, because it would uh, uh, depend on how fast your heart was beating, wouldn't it? There's more bacteria in your mouth than the human population of the United States and Canada combined.
0: Okay, so now I feel terrible about the whole fly thing. So
1: now, no flies. Yeah, but and no, actually, kissing. There, no
0: actually, there are some good bacteria though. So bacteria is bacteria. We need bacteria.
1: But maybe one of the reasons that people have some of the immunities that they do comes off of a fly.
0: Yeah, well, I ain't taking a fly as a lozenge, thank you.
1: (laughs) Every square inch of the human body has an average of 32 million bacteria on it.
0: Okay, how many people listening to this now are itching?
1: (laughs) Anyway, I will just throw them in there every once in a while while we're talking. Yeah, thank you. Mm, Okay.
0: All right, well, this is interesting. Heart transplants. The first human heart transplant ever performed occurred on the 24th of January sixty-four. The patient, Boyd Rush, had been found unconscious by neighbours. His lower left leg was black with gangrene. His face was mottled with blood clots and he only had a faint pulse and thus a heart transplant was deemed to be the only possible way of saving his life. James Hardy, the doctor responsible for the operation, had been unable to acquire an adequate human heart for transplantation but he had been able to acquire four chimpanzee hearts.
1: Yeah, that's great, isn't it?
0: Just for such an occasion. Yeah, yeah so
1: the, the, there's this doctor going, oh God, that guy needs a new heart, but dang, I just don't have one laying around, so I'm going to go to the zoo, okay? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Rush actually survived with this chimpanzee heart for sometime between 60 and 90 minutes After the operation, he never regained consciousness, but he lasted for about sixty to ninety minutes. So they're calling that a success. And I guess the heart worked for sixty to ninety minutes, but must have rejected it. I mean, that's well, yeah, of course. But
1: still, I guess that was considered a medical breakthrough.
0: Well, the first successful human-to-human heart transplant was performed on the third of December, sixty-seven, and the patient, Louis Washgansky, survived for 18 days before dying. So, I mean, that's a little bit more of a success. But when you look at it now, they can do face transplants and heart, obviously heart transplants. And
1: Not that long ago, I read an article about a woman who didn't even have a heart in her body. She had a device that she carried around, and it kept her alive until the a heart became available.
0: Yeah, it's a, a like, portable heart machine, isn't it? You yeah. better
1: make sure you charge them
0: damn batteries, isn't it? I oh, know, you wouldn't want to treat it like your iPhone, would you? No. <laughs> Vladimir Demikov performed a series of experiments in the 1950s in which he grafted the head and front legs of one dog onto another. The dog survived for a few days, usually with the longest time of survival being 29 days. The animals died due to reduction of the transplanted parts. Demikov was also responsible for the world's first artificial heart in 1937, which was implanted into a dog. The dog survived for five and a half hours.
1: The surface area of a human lung is equal to that of a tennis court.
0: Wow, that's nuts when you think about it, isn't it? So I guess, what's those little things in the lungs that look like broccoli?
1: Alveoli?
0: Alveoli. Mm. So I guess if you look at, like, if you're picturing broccoli, going up the stem, around it, all in all the little nooks and crannies, and then back down the other side. I guess it's all of that space if you opened all that up, is it?
1: Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I mean, you know, uh, it'd be like it was on a spring, wouldn't it? On a spring? I don't know. You know, like you'd have to pull it all out. So does it kind of go back and be like a slinky or something? What?
0: Will the half the football field like contract on the, you know, itself Tennis again? court. Tennis court. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: it was as long as a football field. You can't... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking football field, actually, when you said tennis court. So I'm glad you clarified that. You can't sort of refer to the lungs as a slinky, though.
1: Well, no, but...
0: I, I've never seen lungs falling downstairs. That's the only thing people do with slinkies. I've never seen anybody do anything else with a slinky.
1: You can hold it in your hand and do like that.
0: You can't say do like that. There's people listening to this. You've got to explain to them what you're doing. She looked like she was weighing each of her breasts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> One after the other, one after the other, <laughs> yeah. wash, rinse, and repeat, right? Okay. <laughs> Is that
0: what you say in the shower? Wash, once and repeat. Wash, rinse, and repeat. It
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. says it on the back of, like, shampoo bottles. Well, I haven't looked at the ones here, but back home it did. Wash, mm. rinse, repeat.
0: In the early 20th century, doctors were unprepared for the onslaught of patients with mental illness. One treatment that became really popular in the 30s was the lobotomy the removal of parts of brain in order to curb the depressive symptoms. I mean, that's, that is like getting a, a splinter out with a machete, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's talk about overkill. Oh, he's not depressed anymore. No, but he dribbles like a fucker in the corner than me.
1: <laughs> well, I have recently looked at some things on YouTube, actual lobotomy things where they show how you do it. What, they actually and... show lobotomies on YouTube? The the way the procedure works and that, yes. But I also watched an interview and the man had had a lobotomy and he was probably a little older than us maybe, but it had a lobotomy and he was perfectly functional.
0: So how long ago did he have that done?
1: I can't remember exactly. Well, no, he had it done when he was a kid apparently, like 10, something like that, had issues before that, behavioural issues according to his parents, so they decided that they were going to do a lobotomy on the guy.
0: Jeez, I mean, that's a flipping... When I was a kid, my parents would say, if you don't behave, you're not going to have any sweets tonight. Yeah. But that's a hell of a punishment, isn't it? If you don't behave, I'm going to take half of your brain away.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez. What else you got over there?
1: Children grow faster in the springtime, just like flowers. Really? Mm. Yeah.
0: Huh. Okay, well, virtually everything has a patron saint, even painful hemorrhoids.
1: Patron saint of hemorrhoids. Patron saint of hemorrhoids. What did that saint or whatever... Ever do. ...had to do? (laughs) It was
0: once believed that if a person did not pray to the canonised Irish monk saint, I think it's Fiacre, it's F-I-A-C-R-E, who was said to protect one from such maladies that they would suffer from hemorrhoids. If you chose not to pray to the saint, he would come down and give you hemorrhoids. You were then sent off to the monk's, who would put a red hot iron up your ass? So there's a red hot poker up your ass to cure hemorrhoids. Wonderful. Alternatively, you could sit on St. Fiacca's famous rock, the spot where the seventh century monk was miraculously cured of his own hemorrhoids.
1: So, why the hell does he get to be the patron saint? Shouldn't the one that cured his hemorrhoids be the patron what, saint? Well, the
0: rock. You can't make a rock a patron saint, can you? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I suppose. I'm not blonde.
0: No, you get the blonde highlights on, I think that does it to you every time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Human teeth are almost as hard as rocks. Really? Oh, that's what I'm reading. we will have to ask a dentist. Do we have any dentists listening?
0: I guess it depends what rock, doesn't it?
1: You burn more calories while sleeping than you do when watching TV. Really? Hmm, So I guess that means if you sleep in a while, it's okay. Just don't wake up early and watch TV.
0: Well, I've got it doubly good because I always fall asleep while watching TV. So the discovery of radium led to a whole industry of radium-infused glowing products, as well as numerous quack medicines. One advertisement touted the benefits of preparing radioactive drinking water at home to cure various ailments. What, like life? (laughs) 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 the risk wasn't well understood until much later when workers making radium products started dying horribly and in fact there's a picture on here which was on pinterest which i'll include in the links everything that we're saying today once again is going to be in the show notes but this actually says radium hand cleaner takes off everything but the skin
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) well here's some sad news for you Right handed people live on average nine years longer than left handed people do.
0: And I'm left handed. Oh, that's mm. nice. You're right. So <sighs>
1: there we are.
0: <laughs> Not really much to say to Ooh, that. Oh,
1: here's one banging your head against the wall uses 150 calories an hour.
0: Yeah, we don't recommend that.
1: No, but it's still interesting. Because who was the person that was being measured?
0: Exactly. Whilst banging their head up against the wall. Yeah.
1: like, This is what I want you to do. I'll give you $25 if you just stand over there and just bang your head against the wall until I tell you to stop. Yeah.
0: So mercury, the silver liquid, was extremely popular medical treatment from ancient times until fairly recently. The ancient Persians and Greeks used it as an ointment. And 2nd century Chinese alchemists prized the liquid mercury for its supposed ability to increase lifespan and vitality. Some healers even promised that by consuming mercury, sulphur and arsenic... You'd die. ...one could gain eternal life and the <laughs> ability to walk on water.
1: Yes, yeah, see? You'd die. <laughs> yeah.
0: Needless to say, this did not work, delivering not eternal life but an extremely painful death. Even later, mercury was used to treat sexually transmitted diseases like syphilis, again often killing those it would be used on.
1: Yeah, so what's the point? Itch wall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Did you know that you're more likely to be killed by a champagne cork than by a poisonous spider?
0: Really? Mm. Not if you don't drink. True.
1: But if you're in a restaurant or somewhere and the people next to you do and they fire off the cork and it hits you.
0: I guess it depends where you live. I mean, there aren't really any poisonous spiders that can kill you in this country so yeah i reckon in this country it would but if you lived in somewhere like venezuela or something where you're going to get eaten by some tarantula
1: on average people fear spiders more than they do death
0: i I can get that because hopefully death is a long way off and people have you know everyone's going to die we all know that not everyone's going to get bitten by a spider but i guess because dying is is perceived as a long way off that it's not kind of dealt with whereas if you've got a spider in the house that's kind of you're dealing with it now aren't you so I get that. Well,
1: yeah, but if you toot consistently for six years and nine months, enough gas is produced to create the energy of an atomic bomb. And we don't mean toot your horn, we mean toot your butthole. <laughs> toot your butthole. <laughs> I, what was the fact
0: about it again? It what? Enough energy in how long? Six years and nine months. Six years and nine months. I reckon I'm on my way to that. Nuclear, yeah, no yeah. freaking doubt. An early version of chicken pox parties. Do you remember chicken pox parties? Did you know
1: about I that? do. And I actually, was that a chicken pox party?
0: I remember when chicken pox was around when you were a kid. You know, your mother would phone the rest of the kids in the street or phone the parents, so to say, to the rest of the kids in the street and ask if they had it. And everyone would get together. It's like...
1: A pajama party. It's
0: crazy, isn't it? An early version of chickenpox parties involved intentionally infecting syphilis patients with malaria. Wonderful. The theory was that the fever produced by the malaria would kill off the syphilis and that the malaria would then be cleared up through some other terrible treatment. In <laughs> reality, the malaria usually just killed a person who had the syphilis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, hardly a,
0: it's hardly a party, is it? <laughs> People just dropping down dead. Trepanning involved boring a small hole into the skull to expose the outer membrane of the brain, the dura mater. The practice was believed to alleviate pressure and cure epilepsy, migraines and mental disorders. It was also a common fix for more physical problems such as skull fractures and blows to the head in combat. The procedure was often fatal due to the inherently unclean environment brain tissue was being exposed to. The Mm. practice of drilling into the head to relieve pressure and occasionally to treat depression is still used, though with much more grace. And, of course, anaesthetic.
1: Exactly. On average, the human scalp has about 100,000 hairs. Okay. Mm.
0: Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Dead mice were used for medical purposes all the way back in ancient Egypt. Where they'd be blended with other compounds to ease toothache pain. Later, the English, in time of the Elizabeth I, cured their warts by cutting the mouse in half and applying it to the spots. Bits of dead mice were also used to treat whooping cough, measles, smallpox, and bedwetting. All to varying degrees of success. <laughs> How would cutting a mouse in half and rubbing it over you a dead mouse <sighs> be um, be stopping you from bedwetting? Probably, Cause, because you because, wouldn't, probably because you wouldn't fall asleep.
1: Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you know that the human liver performs 500 different functions?
0: Really? Like what?
1: Well, I don't know, but I wasn't aware. <laughs> it was 500. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know the brain does over a 1,000 different functions? Does it? No, I don't, I don't know. Probably. I thought about breakfast this morning, and I'm thinking about lunch this afternoon. That's two.
1: And our show that we're <laughs> going to go to tonight.
0: Yep.
1: And Burger King, because we're going to have Burger King.
0: Why are you looking at me and salivating? <laughs> before the dangers of smoking were well known, or at least disclosed to the public, that's a good point, actually, because I bet you they knew about the dangers of smoking well before they release it to the public.
1: Well, yeah, no doubt. They, they probably kept it under wraps because, I mean, you know, the cigarette people were making loads of money.
0: The government was making loads of taxes, mm-hmm. tax revenue. So there used to be, anyway, numerous ads touting health benefits of cigarettes. Some even included endorsements from doctors who touted particular brands' positive aspects. For example, during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the inhalation of fumes from burning tobacco was suggested as a therapy for asthma. These ads, Yeah, these ads were an example of the appeal to authority. That is, people in lab coats are smart, and if smart people are telling you to do something, it must be good. And obviously, in this case, it wasn't.
1: No. Well, there are lots and lots of people and, and probably like people who believe in cons- conspiracies and that sort of thing, who believe that they already have the cure for cancer.
0: There was a story in the news the other day about a pharmaceutical company. I believe they're a Canadian company that went from selling a thyroid drug at something like £2 a pill to like 300 £400 a pill. Mm. And they were charging NHS for that. It was a crazy amount. I forget the exact figures, but it would gone up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of percent just as soon as the patent was released.
1: I don't know what it is here, um, but there's only so long when a drug comes out that you can have a patent on it, correct? And that so no other company can do a generic pill or anything like that. But it's really sad that you know they're profiting for, off of for, people's, yeah, yeah. For, for being ill. It's really sad. Guess what? What? Your eyeballs are three and a half percent salt. Really? If Barbie were life-size, her measurements would be 39, 23, 33. She'd stand seven feet, two inches tall, and have a neck twice the length of a normal human's neck.
0: Ooh. So she ain't as perfect as what people think she is then, if you actually scale her up.
1: Have have you seen on the internet recently the, the... the woman who is trying to make herself look like Barbie. And no. The number of surgeries and stuff that this woman has had is just ridiculous. And she doesn't look good. She looks creepy. But, well, that's because well. she's
0: living in a box all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a song about that? Living in a box? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Yeah, yeah that
0: one. <laughs> I didn't sing that. That's being wiped out. An early version of Botox, 19th century doctors used injections of paraffin wax to smooth out wrinkles and in breast augmentation procedures, but wax hardens, and in this case it hardened into thick, painful lumps known as paraffinomas. Once this became widely known, paraffin injections quickly stopped.
1: Yeah, and they said, hey, let's use... Botulism. botulism stuff, (laughs) and maybe that'll work out a little better. (laughs) People are the only animals in the world who cry tears. Really? I don't know. I thought elephants did.
0: Yeah, I've seen elephants cry tears. Oh, really? On... Do you
1: think that elephants did?
0: Yeah, they do, because David Attenborough told me.
1: Oh, well, he should know, because yeah. he's, he's like the nature specialist, isn't he?
0: So I've got some stuff here about medical vocabulary, and this actually reminds me of something. Didn't Bryce come and say something to you funny once after school? What was what was that story? That was really.
1: Oh, you're really gonna make me do Yeah, this. yeah,
0: no, no. He'll uh, his friends in school don't listen yet.
1: Yeah, they might now. <laughs> <laughs> he was very small. Uh, I would say kindergarten. It was either kindergarten or. First so how old grade. is that? He, for he was six, five or six. Okay. Right. And he came home, and I said, "Oh, how was school today?" And he said, "Mom, we had gym today." And I said, "Right." And he goes, "And I hurt myself." And I said, "Did you? How, what happened? How did you hurt yourself?" And you said, "Well, I think I'm going to have reptile dysfunction for my whole life."
0: Reptile. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why did he hit himself in the nuts and <laughs> also... Oh, brush. <laughs> Reptile dysfunction. Well, I've got a couple others like that because I found some things that were actually, people actually went to the doctors and said that they believed that they had these conditions. Okay. So see if you can guess what they are, okay? So the first one is immaculate degeneration.
1: Right, so macular degeneration. Immaculate degeneration. Immaculate,
0: that's funny. No, so, Okay, you got that one. Next one, Liza Minnelli. Now, bear in mind, this is true. Someone actually went and said, I think I've got Liza Minnelli.
1: Liza Minnelli. I don't know. But isn't Liza Minnelli um, Dorothy's child, the one who played Wizard of Oz? Judy Garland. Judy Garland, yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Someone went into the doctors and said they had Liza Minnelli and it turned out they thought they had Salmonella. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way you could have got that from there, is it? No. Okay, someone went into the doctors and said they had Smiling Mighty Jesus.
1: Smiling Smiling
0: Mighty Jesus.
1: So were they reborn Christians or whatever? Nope. No?
0: They believed they had spinal meningitis. (laughs) 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 And and last one, I reckon this is brilliant. So this...
1: (laughs) You can't laugh if I can't laugh with you.
0: Okay. Fire... fire. Fireballs of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Fireballs of the universe. What do you reckon that they were going in thinking that they had?
1: I don't know, but I'm assuming it's probably different to blue balls, right?
0: Fibroids of the uterus. (laughs)
1: That's
0: just cracking on me.
1: He's listening to this going Shit, oh, that was me. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. What was it again?
0: Fireballs of the Universe. <laughs> and it was and it was fibroids of the uterus, which probably felt like fireballs of the universe.
1: <laughs> oh crap. I uh, know <laughs> I gotta find something to make myself stop laughing. Our eyes never grow, and our nose and ears never stop growing.
0: Oh, don't tell me my ears are going to get bigger.
1: <laughs> nah, they'll be fine, but your nose, now, that's what I'd be afraid
0: of. I'm just getting hair in places that I so shouldn't be having hair. I, and I thought that, once I went through puberty, I thought I kind of had all the hair I'd be getting. <laughs> but just I'm just getting it in like ridiculous places now. I
1: love your little ear cacti.
0: I'm getting ear dreads. <laughs>
1: You'd be my ear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to start sticking like a spliff in my in my, in my ear hole. I'm not smoking, officer. It's just the uh, it's my it's my ear dreads. Uh,
1: Better coming out your ear than your ass.
0: Okay, so there are medical transcription errors, and these are true medical transcription. Errors. We we remember. I don't know if you ever used to have this. They used to talk about it on on uh, stand up and that when I was younger when it came out how these people make insurance claims and the crazy things that they write on insurance claims. Like, I saw the sad-faced old gentleman as he bounced off the bonnet of my car. You know, (laughs) like the one where he said that I drove home and pulled into the wrong driveway and hit a tree I didn't have.
1: Nice. But before you start going on about these medical transcriptions, I just have to say, doctors who write prescriptions and stuff, I cannot believe... That they're not taught how to write clearly in medical school because I couldn't tell you what half of them are, and then you go to the pharmacy and they go, "Oh, I know what that is." Yeah. What, were they in school together?
0: Yeah, it is crazy, uh, but that's a, like a, a standing joke, isn't it? The way I know, but doctors it is. can't write.
1: Well, the doctors here, it's different, isn't it? Because it our doctors now just spits out the little thing out. Of yeah, the print printer. It now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some of these medical transcription errors, and again, these are true. Discharge status, okay? So under this, it says, alive, but without permission. <laughs> this is a good one. So exam of genitalia reveals that he is circus-sized. circus <laughs> Occasional constant... And infrequent headaches.
1: Right. Okay, then.
0: Bleeding started in the rectal area and continued all the way to Los Angeles. (laughs) She is numb from her toes down.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. Like, did a doctor write that? She is numb from her toes down.
0: Well, there's a story here of a Mr. Harper who actually sued a hospital. And he sued the hospital because he said that after his wife had surgery there, she lost all interest in sex. And he actually, this is a proper, he did sue the hospital because after she had her surgery, she had no interest in sex. A hospital spokesman replied on the stand that Mrs Harper was admitted for cataract surgery and all we did was corrected her eyesight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then she could see him and he was like... Ew, you're disgusting. Uh So I'm not having sex with you anymore. (laughs) That's pretty good, really. I wonder, I wonder like how he felt about that one when he found that out. Yeah, exactly. Humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour, about 1.5 pounds a year. By 70 years of age, an average person will have lost 105 pounds of skin.
0: What about those people that exfoliate? Do you exfoliate?
1: No. It's like, I just using soap and water and a washcloth.
0: Yeah, well, people like exfoliate all the time, don't they? It's like a crazy thing. You've got to exfoliate. You've got to exfoliate. Really, it's going to come off anyway. Just fucking leave it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Unless you've got like little crispy bits on your on your t shirt, you know, where it's fallen down from your face and your head and everything.
1: Okay. You know, Ew. then
0: leave it. Okay. So, did you know that the ancient Greeks actually believed that the woman's womb could actually wander around the body?
1: Mm, no. <laughs>
0: well, the womb could head upward, downward, left and right to collide with the liver or spleen, and it would manifest in various different maladies uh, in women. If it moved up, for instance, the womb caused sluggishness, lack of strength and vertigo. Should the womb descend, there would be a strong sense of choking, loss of speech and sensibility, and most dramatically, a very sudden incredible death. Mm. Luckily, the womb had a weakness. It delights in also fragrant smells, Arteus added, and advances towards them, and it has an aversion to fetid smells and flees from them. <laughs> to cure the wandering womb, physicians would lure it back into position with pleasant smells applied to the vagina or drive it away from the upper body and back down to where it belongs by having the afflicted sniff foul scents. So okay. do you know that? You actually have your womb wandering around your body.
1: So... They were able to make boats and travel in the sea and do all this sort of stuff. And they thought that the that the womb moved around. It's amazing how far medical science has come, isn't it? It's crazy. And in fact,
0: talking about how far medical science has come, did you know that now they are using avatar therapy for people that have schizophrenia?
1: No, but... That's interesting.
0: So what they've found, the new report out today, again on BBC, says that they use avatars and the schizophrenic person who hears these voices will describe how they would imagine that person to look like with that voice that they're hearing. And they create an avatar and then they project their feelings onto this avatar and this avatar will talk. They, they can get the avatar talking back to them, which is controlled by the doctor, and what they would do is the schizophrenic person can argue it out, basically, with this avatar and deal with the situation rather than it just going on the normal therapy uh, way of doing things. And apparently it's a lot more effective than just the standard therapy the standard, you know, lay on the couch and tell me how you, you, your daddy never cuddled you type thing.
1: I wonder if they could use that in other things like depression or whatever because a lot of times when you're depressed you just see the world in a totally different way than
0: yeah, normal. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I wonder if they could do that.
0: Quite interesting though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, very.
0: Can I just say that when we're talking about Avatar we're not talking about that sexy blue woman with the nice boobies.
1: Sexy blue woman. Smurfette? <laughs> <laughs> hold on you you put smurfs into my head now because of the dang thing he swears you guys that there is a smurf hiding in a picture uh in our house when the Smurfs, Snurf, <laughs> the smurfs weren't even invented then it's a nice picture it's just a
0: just a picture of flowers but there is a smurf hiding in it. i'll show you later on
1: yeah, you ought to take a picture of it and well, put it on Twitter.
0: All right, we'll see if people think mm. this, they won't. But. What
1: do you see in this picture? I know I'm
0: gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have psychologists contacting me. Uh, we'd like you to introduce you to our avatar.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The length of your foot is the same as that of your forearm between your wrist and the inside of your elbow.
0: Oh, we know that. Everyone knows that. You said that in school.
1: Well, I didn't know that, which is why I was sitting in my chair today trying to put my foot, (laughs) no, not up your ass, against my arm so I could see if it was true.
0: Yep. And did you find out?
1: No, I couldn't.
0: You couldn't get it there, could you? I couldn't
1: quite do (laughs) it. That's terrible. I know. Let me see you do it. Bigfoot Yeti man. Oh, you suck. Ah. I didn't do it like that. I was sitting in a big cushy (laughs) chair. Let me try it. Let me try it. Ready? Gone in. You're
0: going to have to take out those big monster slippers first, though. It's
1: my owl. Oh, Oh, well, I'll be.
0: See? Same size. Doesn't smell as bad as your feet, but it is the same size as your feet.
1: Mm, You're going to feel this fist rather than (laughs) my foot up your ass in a minute. (laughs) I got anything else? Well, I can't really leave without doing a little funny, can I? So,
0: So well, before we do go, we'd like to thank you all for listening once again. Please do rate us if you can on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to us and do us a nice, good review, because that will take us up in the rating so we can get more people listening. Please also send us your stories to Outlook.com and any other things that you might have, any suggestions for things to do, or maybe just even if you want a shout-out or something. Outlook.com, as I just said. What we'll do, actually, we'll do next time, we'll do some shout-outs, because we have had some shout-outs, so we'll do them on the next podcast for you. And uh, if you're not already following our Twitter, please do. We are at the podcast. And anything else you want to say, Bella?
1: A doctor tells his wife, you're a terrible cook, you spend too much money, and you're a lousy lover. Two weeks later, he comes home to find her making out with his partner. What's going on here, he demands. I'm getting a second opinion, she said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, take it easy. We'll see you again.
1: Bye, see you next time.